Hi, and welcome to the Redwood Podcast. Just a quick warning before the episode, there might be some swearing. Discretion is advised. should be able to handle that no no like everyone's different yeah well we'll talk about that in a little bit (laughs) so today we have with us again thank you for being on the show third time uh, (laughs) third time to chat dane bartz phd candidate in human and sport performance fitness wellness and education dane again thank you for coming and we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of like what we were Absolutely. Five minutes ago, (laughs) you know, we're going to talk about pros and cons and, you know, what's kind of going on with your study with the law enforcement, which from the photos I've seen, it looks like they've welcomed you in with open arms. Yeah, Uh, it's it's been one of those opportunities, man. What's that experience like for you? It's been great. I mean, you know, working with, you know, individuals that are there to protect and serve, it's it's a great opportunity. You know, it's it's not one of those things that like you go into there being like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Like, you're like, Hey, so it's like, what can we do with you guys? Like that, that, like, that's the biggest thing that a lot of times, even more working with anyone, not necessarily just military or law enforcement or just tactical. So, you know, what can we do with you that we can make your training at a better opportunity? So that was kind of like a big thing. And I'll give a shout out to the company that actually funded my study, which was Force science Institute. Um, and Bill Lewinsky, Dr. Bill Lewinsky, he's done a lot of research on just law enforcement and specifically looking at like how individuals react and all that different thing, uh, different types of things. It's it's one of those opportunities that was presented to me and couldn't turn it down. And you know, I I, I love basically working with the, the officers that I'm working with now. They've been nothing but just super nice and just getting everything that we we need to make the study a success. And it's it's been great. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about Four Science Institute and Dr. Bill? Uh, what was his last name? Lewinsky. Lewinsky. So he he does a lot of research. He's a psychologist by uh, trade. Um, he's done a lot of research with uh, law enforcement, uh, specifically with like startle response and just knowing the differences of why actually individuals are reacting the way that they are when they're under stress. I mean, that's one of the biggest things definitely when it comes to military personnel, it's like you're in a stressful situation, mm-hmm. you know, the stressful communication that comes onto uh, the table and these individuals definitely need to be trained on to do these different uh, tactics and tactical operations, you know, operating their handgun and, and, you know, going into defense modes and all that. So, you know, he's, he's done a good job of just getting his company to fund some other, individuals on on researching things and he's had a great opportunity to just keep pushing that forward and he's an amazing guy super super intelligent like it's smart oh like when we talk i'm like wow like blows my mind away just because of like he's been doing it for so long that 
you just it's like second nature to them and, and i love it it's you know those are the people that you definitely want to be a part of just because it, it makes transitions for See, careers to be a lot better now you know how i feel when i talk to you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that oh know. trust me buddy <laughs> trust me because I got to tell you all the time, yo, you want to Barney style that for me, bro? <laughs> Here, I'll come down to the, this level. Yeah. Lower. Yeah, bring it down to a second grader level for me because that, that's where I'll understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you've been doing a lot of this work. Uh, For Science Institute has been funding your, your studies here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're doing the work with law enforcement and, you know, I I know personally, and I'm sure everybody else that knows you knows you support law enforcement and military and everything like that. Um, with the military PT, like we were talking about earlier, how they, they, because I've, I've experienced it, you know, in my time in the military and it was a, a different time. They're not allowed to do certain things anymore, but in yep. my time in the military where it's like, you didn't shave for PT or something like that. And now you're over here getting your face dragged into the dirt because you're, because what, you know, why, why am I over here? And now my knees, my hips and my back hurts and I'm all broken and my shoulders are jacked up and let's kind of dive into it. And I, I know me when I was bodybuilding out in Georgia, it kind of affected what I could and could not do, but granted the more fit I got, the more I was able to kind of power through that. Like my body just kind of started naturally moving itself into the proper positions. If that makes sense, you know, like all yep, three of those absolutely. shoulders muscles were developed and they're working each other to put my shoulders where they're supposed to be. And my back muscles were keeping where my spine is supposed to be and all that. Um, with, with military PT back then, it was you woke up, you did push-ups, you did sit-ups, you did fireman carries, you ran, you know, five to ten miles in the morning. You, you know, we had cardio days, so we would run 30 miles a week. And then on top of it, you're doing some off-the-wall training where sometimes we'd pull out the uh, the cables that you, like, you put up on to pull up bars and stuff yeah. and the PRT training. and stuff like that and i think that was kind of when they were transitioning into a little bit more of a healthy way of building your body up uh in today's society though we have talked before about the new pt test that they're mm-hmm. incorporating and i personally i said well i don't know about that and then you come to me with knowledge on the topic <laughs> <laughs> you know you know where and me personally, I was like, well, why beat the body down before they even get into a chance to where they have to train to be like that? Aside from our regular trainings that we do do where we're wearing kit and we're running and we're, you know, carrying our weapons and jumping up. Oh, I'm up. They see me. I'm down. And then you jump down on the ground again. You know, so the PT test is kind of along that same lines, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's. The big thing about just science and the way that kind of evidence-based practices move forward is, is we're trying to make things better. And and it's it's not necessarily towards just crushing these individuals and making them just be 100% performance and strength. Like, we got to make sure that these individuals are pain-free. And, and that's huge. Like, uh, the big thing about, you know, the new military um, assessments and testing and all that, it's, it's based off of that. And 
you know, it's moving in a, in a good direction. I mean, who's to say that it, it won't change in about 50 years from now? It might change 20 years from now. You know, they might make adjustments. But, I mean, that's that's like anything. You live, you learn, and you keep moving forward. But it's about making assessments so that we know how the body moves. And that's one thing I love about it is it in, integrates these different types of uh, movement priorities through functionality. Right. And if we can attest these specific things, like, we can kind of make – in reality, like these super soldiers, like we can make these individuals to be the strongest they can at pain free. And, you know, the, the pain free part of things, it's, it's what we're doing in training. Like, how are we warming up? Like we've come so long that like, we always taught that, you know, like the push up, you know, like the squats, like, you know, doing our like run, but there's more to like, training than just doing those things so it's like if we can make like the fundamental program of what we've been doing for athletes for a long time like look at how athletes were back in like the 60s and the 40s but now look at like 2019 like those athletes are like damn like yeah they're the biggest that they have ever been they're super strong like so now we're kind of getting like what we're doing right and it's like what we've been doing with them now we're kind of transitioning it into like law enforcement and like military and tactical so it's like we will these are the individuals that are serving and protecting our country so what can we do with them to actually make sure that they're performing and and unfortunately you know within tactical there's you know, there's a variety of wellness issues that obviously come come about. Um, you know, like high blood pressure is very common within law enforcement. So it's I, just well, I think it's common on anybody on the front line like that. It is. <laughs> Am I, mean, I gonna get shot like, today? Right? You know? So it's like but that's like the thing about like training is we need to think about like those things. Like we need to think about like what they're doing. So it's mm-hmm. like you talked about frontliner. So that's kind of like one of my biggest things that I'm trying to do for my dissertation is I'm trying to bring a different type of strategy for these frontliners. Like what are things that like we currently know in physiology that can potentially help that out in the future? And and those are huge. Like a, a lot of individuals don't necessarily understand that, but it's it's about making things better. And and that's the thing about just within fitness and wellness it's always about that like you know when you have other phd like other doctor um doctors that are basically been doing this for a long time it's about making this better for the future and you know it's we kind of look at a lot of things for injury rates like injury rates unfortunately are, are high and just a lot of things i mean definitely within different sports like you know, there's a lot of ankle issues and knee issues within uh, basketball. And so those are the things that we obviously need to look at. But within specifically military, it's, you know, it's a broad arrangement of like, you know, breaking people down and and potentially thinking that that's going to adapt to like a stronger individual. But even what I've been doing for the last 13 years, everyone's different. Like just because you have someone that was born on the same date, they're the same age, they have different parents, they have different potentially backgrounds of their youth, like that potentially can have altered the way that they move. Like you said, like, you know, you've had some knee issues and everything, which dramatically impacted like your movements, but there's different training protocols that we can do to potentially make these movements better in the future right. and actually like take away pain. I don't want to say remove it completely, but maybe like after repeating this type of warm up, it might go away just because unfortunately we live in a society where we sit all day, you know, we're at, we're at a computer all day. We have our tech snack. We're always looking down at our cell phones. Like, and this is in every type of job that we have. Like there's always going to be some sort of administration work that you have to do. Um, 
And usually a laptop or some sort of technology is kind of now the way to document things. So these are just going to help out with these different transitions. You know, we've seen stress of not only to saying like good stress, like exercise, but like this, what stress does to your body of just, you're in the positions all day, like what it does. Typically, if you're at a computer desk all day, your, your shoulders start to round forward. I think your, your back's not on alignment. your microphone. Is it? Yeah. Does it sound like <laughs> it's, an you're getting me excited? I couldn't tell if you were uh, tapping your hands together or if it was your beard hitting the mic. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, you know, there's so many different things that I love about that test that it's just moving forward towards the traditional way of doing things back in like the back in the day. Yeah. And it, it's making these better. And it's all about evidence based practice. You know, what has research been been telling us? You know, how can we apply this to make it? And, I, and I've always said this, this is one of our biggest uh, approaches within LinkFit is, you know, you have to explore these different op- opportunities, but you have to obtain that information. But then once you obtain it, you have to apply it. So with so, with your dissertation, then, do you have to um, get it by studying something that hasn't been studied before? Or is it just bringing forward new information? It's kind of both. Um, you know, it's, it's getting the new information that potentially hasn't been there before. And you you kind of add to the table of research. And, that, and that's a big thing. Like, you know, when they even tell you to like when you're doing a dissertation, like, yeah, hey, you might have a brilliant idea and it might be extended from other research that you have done or actually that has been done. But you're never going to cure cancer. Like when you're doing a dissertation for a Ph.D. like that, it's just like there's so much that goes into depth and typically you always just want to get done with your, your, your studies mm-hmm. and then potentially what that opens the door for you is just to continue your path of what you want to do. And then potentially in the future you might get to that point. Right. But because that's typically when an academic or a PhD, it's like you're learning how to do research that you can do it in the future. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's opened the doors to a lot of things that you hopefully can do in the future and, and, and learn from that. And, you know, further that craft and then all of a sudden be like you know what i did this study back in 2019 and then now in 2021 this is what i want to do because i learned in this study that we can't do that that doesn't work right now maybe let's tweak it a little bit let's turn that dial a little bit and then now let's go into 2021 with a different way of doing it well that's actually good to know um because i mean i don't know the dissertation process you know i've one of my teachers uh Dr. Smith has got his doctorates in plant science, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I keep thinking to myself, like, did he have to, like, find something out that has never been seen or something like that in order to get it? Or is it like he did a study on something that, you know, he's very, very, very knowledgeable on soils, mm-hmm. like, and he gets excited about soils. So for some reason, I just feel like his dissertation had to do with soils. You know, he's more excited about talking about soils than he is insects and weeds, if that makes sense. Honestly, probably. Probably, obviously, it's like, because that's typically what you do is in a dissertation is you kind of find, like, your focus on what you want to do. And you want to expand off of that because you're kind of hoping that eventually that's going to be your specialty. Yeah. So, and that's that's what I wanted to do was, you know, do some things on heart rate variability and expand off of that because heart rate variability is a huge indicator to recovery. So I wanted to learn as much as I could on it to expand that and, you know, help something in some way where eventually like in the future it might help out some other researcher that was like, Hey, 
Um, Dane Bartz did this and now what I want to do is tweak it a little bit and then they might contact me about being a committee member on their PhD um, dissertation yeah and then all of a sudden what they do from there is like well you know this is what I learned here and I, I would recommend to do it this way um, but that's the thing is like typically in a dissertation you have your committee members you have individuals that are already PhD um, they have been through the process and they have like that knowledge base of all these different things. And typically you kind of get like your content expert mm-hmm. on specific things and they bring things to the table that you're like, Oh, like I didn't think about that. Oh, I thought about doing it this way, but you actually make a great point. Like, yeah, let's actually erase that. Let's add what you talked about. Um, so as you're doing your dissertation now with uh, the, the police department, are they like hooked up to wires and computers and everything like that? Or is yeah, it? Yeah. So, they're hooked up to wires and they're all like robotic now. Yeah. Um, so basically what we have them going through is a, uh, they're on motion sensors mm-hmm. and uh, they have a heart rate strap on. So everything's wireless. Um, okay. We obviously now with current technology, like it's wireless based stuff. So they have sensors basically throughout their legs their arms their body, their head, um, which makes us be able to analyze like accelerometers and the temperature of different areas and, range of motions at specific joints and I like their speed to, come out to utah to witness this it's just like sounds so cool it's interesting it's, to me it is i mean that's the thing about technology it's just like once can technology just continues to keep developing like other opportunities are going to be presented yeah. just because i mean when i'm i'm 29 years old so it's like say if when i'm 50 years old like the way that i did my, my dissertation but yet someone wants to kind of duplicate what i did technology might be like totally different yeah and it might be it's probably gonna be better yeah i know it will be yeah um so i'll be able to get a heart rate just by pointing something in their direction (laughs) i believe that honestly like it's it's the thing about like most of the things that we use is kind of look at the reliability of it and the validity and we we hope it's going to be as high as it can get and with new technology it's just going to get better and better but it needs to be backed up by previous research so like that's like the most of the times that when you're doing your dissertation like you can't just be like oh i want to do this and they're gonna be like well why yeah you gotta i just want to do it yeah like you gotta have like other research you gotta have other literature that you have read that some literature might be 88 pages some might be six i remember out in san francisco you would have your times where you're just like i've got to really focus on this on what i'm doing and it'd be like all right man you know no big deal or like it's just always seemed like on the weekend at night, you're like, we need to go out and get food. I need to leave the apartment because I've been in here for 12 hours just looking oh, at your face it's, in a computer. <laughs> it's, and that's like the thing. It's like, you know, it, at times, you know, you are in front of a computer and everything, but I selected a program that was hybrid that was that way. Like, you know, and there are some that you, you could be at the facility all day or the classroom, the campus. But, I mean, that's most of the PhD. You are reading a lot of papers. Like, you're reading... Like I can even tell you just within the last four years, how much articles that I have read, like hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. I've got no idea, but it's crazy that again, I mean, the third episode here and we talked about, you know, what, what it was like as a kid and what kind of both of us were like when we were kids Mm -hmm. in high school. And then to where you're at and to where I'm at, it's, it's so crazy to go from what we were to what we are now. Absolutely. It's, it's been a journey and I, I love it, man. I mean, I've, 
I'm happy the way that everything turns out. I'm a big believer. Everything happens for a reason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like you fell into your craft, you know, I kind of fell into mine and it has to do with plants and insects and soil and weeds and, you know, this and that and agriculture just in general, you know, and then you found yours, which was fitness and wellness. And it's, it's absolutely crazy that different lifestyles lead to different things, but it doesn't always mean that it has to be. Very that true. makes sense, you know. No, absolutely. It's that's a hundred percent true. So, but at, as far as your dissertation is concerned, are you able to notice like pros and cons of, you know, I mean, you trained Alex to do this competition, which you guys used your guys's training program, but seeing other people's training programs, um, whether it's your regular person that's just like I'm trying to lose weight or it's some bodybuilder down the road or something like that. What are the pros and cons of different ideologies? I mean, that's the thing about just fitness in general. There's a lot of, there's a lot of methods out there. And, you know, the biggest thing that we try to do here at linked fit is we try to collaborate and bring this like research into it that we're like, well, Hey, this is like, this has been already through in a research perspective that was, already approved by numerous types of PhD candidates or not candidates, but just PhD academics. Then from there it was, it went through like 50 participants or 12 participants rather than just being like, Oh, it's like, it's been approved. Like that's like the biggest thing about research. It's not necessarily just someone can pop, like literally write something up, do a study and then they just put it into a website. Like, no, like you go through the, the burner of everything. Like you have to basically submit it. And then all of a sudden you're going to have at least like, two to four people read it and then they're going to critique it. They're going to give you feedback. Then you got to make the edits Then you might happen again. And then all of a sudden eventually might get approved. Okay. So So it's for, for example, you know, I mean, we've got your bodybuilders that, I mean, they, they preach form. mm -hmm. I mean, coming from a previous bodybuilding history and knowing men who were 72 years old and still in the gym going hard. Um, the matter of fact, I think there was this old guy that literally had a heart attack in the gym and he came back a week later. I was like, dude, are you all right? He goes, yeah. I was like, and your wife is cool with you coming to the gym. He goes, I told her if I die working out, I died doing what I love. And I was like, all right, dude. And he was all hunched over, you know, cause he was old. He was like 72, you know, coming up into his eighties and stuff. And nice he's saying active. he was still curling 80 pounds in each hand, <laughs> you know, dude was big. But with that, too, like he always told me, it's all about form. It, when bodybuilding is concerned, it's all about form. Because if Everything's about have, form. That's yeah, if you don't have the correct form, you could really hurt yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I've, I've noticed some people that, you know, might take a workout and try to change it up. And then all of a sudden, it's just terrible form, you know. And then you're like, I don't know about that. That's a big thing about even just form in general should be the number of priority at everybody. I mean, that's what I've always said. And in my career is like technique first, like no matter what, like if you can't hinge, right, like that takes away a lot of other particular exercises that can progress from that one movement. And, and that's huge. Like, and unfortunately there's, there's some, coaches out there that like just you you go to gyms and you see them training somebody and 
you know, I'm, I'm up for like the, the opportunities where like, you know, like someone's got to learn eventually, meaning like the client, like if they're in bad form, but if they are in bad form, definitely make their critiques. But sometimes there's a learning curve. Like if they, if they have like a little bit of a hunch in their back mm-hmm. and it's not like complete straight and you have other clients that you're working with in a class, like eventually it's just like you're, Hey, like pull the shoulders back. And like, if that's not working with them, like those cues, then you might have to go up to them. But in yeah, that, techniques. In that case, would you lower the weight because maybe they can't pull their shoulders back? Cause it's just a smidge. It's like five pounds too heavy. It, Truthfully, that depends entirely on the movement. Like, say if the person, like, body weight can't even get a hinge down, we're going to focus on that. Um, So sometimes, say, if it's, like, a big group class, like, I might recommend, hey, like, let's go to semi-training or let's go to, like, some one-on-one just because, like, we really need to focus on this. Right. Um, And I've had that, like, where, like people do a particular movement it's like it looks like they have never done it before and you know there's some trainers like oh they're a motor moron and i'm like well you're a fucking moron for saying that Ooh, like after like that <laughs> and it's it, but it's like at the same time it's like it's 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 mean to say something about like a client of yours that's it's like that like no like they just gotta learn just like anyone else like just because you do it on a regular basis doesn't make them a moron right like, yeah. It just it everyone starts somewhere and it's it, they might not get it but yeah all of a sudden you look at that person's squat and it looks perfect well, but yeah their hands you're like right. started with 10 pounds you know it, it, everyone's got to start somewhere and and that's the biggest thing about all of it but technique should be prior prioritized in anything mm. technique is is huge like it a lot of people like i've had that like hey where are you feeling this exercise and all of a sudden, like just knowing the biomechanics and how the agonists and all that stuff, insertions and origins and all that, and they do it, and you're like, that shouldn't be where you're feeling it. And all of a sudden, you kind of take a little bit deeper look into what they're doing. You're like, okay, that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. But attentional focus is a big key onto it. Like, are you actually focusing on the specific area that should be working? Like, a lot of times when you're doing an RDL, a Romanian deadlift, or a hinge position, that's glutes and your hamstrings. Right, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, my back hurts." Well, if your back hurts, that typically means you're probably doing it wrong. Um, It's like, well, with deadlift, I used to do the um, altered grip, you know, where one was forward, one hand was forward, one was backward, and mixed grip. And then I got told, you know, that's a pretty good way to rip a bicep, and I was like, "What?" So then I got the wrist straps, and I just started doing them both palms back, you know. And, it definitely I've, I've seen people do that too man it's you're like you see, look at that and you're like oh damn like you just see the bicep like coil up oh i couldn't imagine i, I just couldn't imagine i've seen a i've seen a calf snap at the at the achilles tendon achilles and it just goes snap right up to the knee and they, they're like oh, oh and they throw up because yeah, of the pain you know that's what's crazy about the Achilles tendon. It's like 100% of your weight is literally at the ankle. So it's like, I think it's like 99% or whatever the case may be on that. But it's like, there's so much load on the Achilles tendon. Oh, yeah. And then once that thing snaps, like the tension that is just built up on there, it just coils right back up pretty much right behind the knee. Yeah. It's, and uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's like one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> But at the same time, it kind of made me go, that's interesting. <laughs> that, that, that how the body works. You're yeah. like, well, we got to learn somehow, right? <laughs> um, with that, then, uh, you know, the I don't know if you've seen the memes or not on social media of bro science and science. 
on Instagram mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, bro science. It's like, okay, I'm going to work my arms and then it's chest and back and then it's, you know, calves and then I'm going to work my arms again. And then you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Like in my mind, and again, this is coming from like somebody who used to be an avid lifter because I'm, I'm fat now. Like I looked down and I grabbed my belly like two seconds ago and um, somebody that used to be a bodybuilder and, and Dane, you can account for where my peak was like. Mm-hmm. I had another female bodybuilder see it and she goes, why didn't you start competing then? Like you were there, you were shredded. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was ready. Um, I, I, I always did it, you know, push muscles, pull muscles, legs, push muscles, pull muscles, legs, because I, I've personally felt like if I blow my arms out the day before I go to do two big muscle groups, chest and back, then I'm not getting the maximum amount of chest effort that I can because you do have to use your triceps for some of those chest workouts, my, all of them. And then I wouldn't get the maximum amount of back effort that I could because you have to use your biceps. And But wow, stuttered up like, wow. You have to that's use your biceps of, and your forearms for all that. I mean, that's the thing about it. It's just like no matter what type of exercise you do, it might potentially affect anything. But like, yeah, that's typically it's like what I do is – like I've, 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 I call it isolation, like the bodybuilder approach. It's like isolation. Okay, yeah, it might be like a back and bicep day. So there's a reason why I do back and biceps. But then all of a sudden your next day, it might be like a, a deadlift day. Mm-hmm. Well, what you did on the back and biceps is probably going to impact what you did for the deadlifts now. I see. I would um, always set it up to where uh, I would do deadlifts once a week. And it would always be the first exercise of my biceps and back day. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing about it. It's like it's definitely like a late contribution to it too. But it's like most of the time when I kind of set up our programming is we do a variety of them. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. But um, I'll do like a, a total pull. So it's like I'm doing everything like posterior part of the body. I'm doing biceps. I'm doing back. I'm doing the rhomboids. I'm doing like the glutes. And I'm doing the hamstrings and the calves. Like basically everything on the backside of the body. Then I'll do like a total push day. So that's your squats. That's your true deadlift. If you look at a conventional deadlift, it's like a squat pretty much pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll do your chest, you do your shoulders and your triceps. Um, but then I've done like some isolation work where it's, I'll do like shoulders one day just because I want to do it. And it's like, there's so many methodologies out there. Like what I do necessarily um, is always going to get some sort of stimulus into it and response. But I do believe there is definitely an optimal way of training. Um, and I see that a lot where a lot of people are like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight. And then you look at their training program and you kind of dissect it and you're like, okay, you're, you're just doing the bodybuilder approach because that's kind of like the first thing, like when people get like introduced to it back in like high school days, like it's the bodybuilder approach. I'm like, okay, like you need to be doing like metabolic training, like get your heart rate up. Like it needs to stay up. Like you need, you need to do some like compound lifting and all that. Like where people are just, they got their back and their bicep day and all of a sudden they'll do their chest and their um, triceps and I'm going to do their legs. I'm like, no, like do your total body, but like we just need to program it specifically so that you can get the good metabolic rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's the biggest thing about it is, I mean, there's so many optimal ways and I'm not even ever going to say like mine's the best, but do I believe what I do is pretty damn good? Yeah. I mean, I, I look at everything from a warm up is the crucial thing. And I believe a lot of that is like kind of the, one of the things that people don't do. Like people don't really warm up. Like, Sorry, running on a treadmill, and then all of a sudden just going in. I don't consider running on a treadmill a warm up. 
and a lot of people do though. Like I've actually talked to people like, so what do you do in the warm up? Because typically that's the first thing I talk with my clients. I'm like, well, so, okay, you walk into the gym, tell me what you do. Like, right, well, I go to the bathroom, you know, I'll change and I'll jump on the treadmill and I'll do some weight training and then um, and I'll do some core work. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, so what do you do for your warm up? I'm like, oh, this is the trend. Like I'll literally go to the treadmill or elliptical or bike and I'll just do it for like 10 or 15 minutes. And then I go into like weight training. I'm like, so do you do any type of like mobility work, massage work, like dynamic warm up with some perspective? And they're like, uh, no. I'm like, that's what, that's what we're going to be doing. Like get like your body to like increase functionality through range of motion. A lot of people are restricting hip extension, hip rotation, such as like external rotation and internal rotation. So let's get these movements to be prioritized and actually like increase that range so that it, potentially the prognosis of that is like that you don't like get injured just because like a lot of times injuries happen is because people are moving beyond a movement that their body isn't ready for. <laughs> yeah. So it's like their hamstrings pop or the, like you said, the Achilles, like the reasons why like stuff like that happens is because their calf can't stretch as much. And all of a sudden the tendon takes so much of that pressure. Boom. All of a sudden it snaps. Yeah. I actually so it's like it, stretched my calf today and I was like, Oh my God, that feels so good. It, it does like that's why i love it like that's like the recovery part of things and this dynamic warm-up is making sure that your body is like knowing the limitations and that kind of brings us back to like the military part of it like the assessment is crucial because it helps you build a program like if people that don't do assessments like we need to do assessments either if that's the first session or if that's just like you kind of train them and all of a sudden you're doing like movements even though they don't really know that you're doing it i know trainers that do that like they think they're getting a training session like the client does but actually the person's just doing a program that is actually an assessment Mm -hmm. but even though they don't call it that um but we need to assess individuals so that we know where to start off at and it might be muscular testing. It might be range of motion testing to be like all right like this is what research has shown that we need to be about this range of motion at the hip but yet you're like 30 degrees less than that. Yeah. So it's like, let's get that better. And then all of a sudden you look at the person's squat after doing it for a couple of weeks, you're like, damn, your squat looks really good now. It's because mobility is a factor to it. Like stability is a factor to it. And overall that helps out with like just movement patterns is that we try to make movements. The biggest priority is because movements are sometimes butchered. And what I mean by that is when movements are butchered, it's the fact that people just think they're doing it right, but they're not. Like, I think one of the biggest ones is the plank. Like, you look at someone do a plank, and all of a sudden you, like, look at them, their hips are, like, touching the ground, and, like, their hips are sagging, and a lot of times, like, push-ups are like that. Right? Yeah, their butt's too high. It's, like, kind of like, well, you're not even working your abs there now. You're working your back. And that's a huge thing where it's, like, people are literally doing a push-up, and, like, I see this all the time where people are doing a push-up, and yet their stomach's hitting the ground first every time. Yeah. And I'm like... No, I'm like, now squeeze your stomach, squeeze your glutes, pull your shoulders back, and then do that. Like, I, someone told it to me this uh, about probably like a couple months ago, and I've, I've heard the saying before in the past, and I was like, I, I love that. Build up so much tension in your body with the easiest weight that it makes that exercise super hard. Like, you even if it's. Explain that one. So it's like basically saying, like, if you're doing a squat, and it is like, say if you can max out at like 405 pounds, mm-hmm. 405 pounds at a one RM, you're probably going to push super hard to get that weight up. It's going to be super intensive for you and all that. Belly's going to push but, out and everything like that. But then from here is think about like 
you're 135 135 that should be super easy like that's that's like warm-up weight basically for that but create so much tension like in your body like squeeze your shoulders back try to break the bar behind you pull your stomach in pull your feet into the ground that you're creating so much tension and like contraction in the body that it ends up making that 135 feel pretty damn hard because of how much tension you have in your body hmm. see i'm gonna so that when you eventually so it's like when you go into like your 405 now 405 is a lot easier because of like you made 135 feel like 145 yeah so i'm gonna have to start doing that with the that, that's 10 huge. pound weights i have here at the house before i start getting back into the gym it's huge man like attentional focus is on like a lot a lot of things like people need to understand like when they go into specific exercises like create tension in the body like don't just sit there and like oh yeah like yeah just kind of fling it around like this yeah just yeah, like swinging your arms like no like you're there like squeeze your bicep like mm-hmm. actually like make the contraction like there's a lot of technology that will show like the activation of the muscle tissue when you're kind of just sitting there chilling and bicep curl it's like little little teeny waves and all of a sudden you get the person that's like a, a tensional focus on that specific area of the mm-hmm. body like everything just jumps now like it's yep. huge waves going up and down like because the electrical current that's happening through the nervous system to the muscle tissue is now skyrocketing well, and potentially that's going to lead to a better ad- adaptation you know what's funny is sometimes i'll just be sitting there in my car or whatever and i'll stretch my arm out and i'll just focus on that bicep but it's almost like creating the tension with my tricep to like do this like kind of weightless you know bicep curl Yep. where you're kind of focusing on both and you make it a struggle just using your own body. Um, I don't know if it's effective. I don't, I just do it. I mean, think it about it. Anything's it. effective. It if you move, it. man. <laughs> so. I mean, there's even research out there that shows that like, if you literally don't even use like an external weight, like your body's still going to adapt to something like, yeah, don't get me wrong. If the person that's probably going to lift weights and everything is probably going to get stronger a lot faster. But the person that's, just doing like body weighted activity like there's still research that shows that like person that just kind of does like isometric contractions and everything they're still getting strong but it's like that's the thing about exercise you can make any exercise super hard like people are like oh yeah plank i could do that for days i'm like oh really i'm like i'll show you correctly <laughs> yeah it's like and and that's why i always tell everyone like make i always call like a plank should always be i call it the world's hardest plank yeah i could like, i could do a plank for days if my hips are on the ground so too much like just you just create so much tension that you just basically like are squeezing everything still breathing but it's like you're squeezing everything it's like the transition towards anything like i don't care if you're sitting i don't care if you're kneeling i don't care if you're in a tall kneel position i don't care if you're laying on the ground create tension in the body so that it pretty much like eventually it's just going to be super easy and that your body your mind actually learns off of that right like you're creating so much tension that eventually it's a second nature like people are like oh i I have to think about squeezing my stomach i'm like trust me eventually you're just gonna do it you won't even know like you're just like it's it's gonna be a natural instinct that you're just like boom and everything just tightens up well there we go i think everybody has kind of a hint of you know maybe how to get started they've got a good groundwork here that they can go off of and uh they could definitely check out linked fit on facebook on instagram check out the website and i think it's all linked dash fit isn't it Yep, linked dash fit. Um, our Facebook is linked F, and then our Instagram is linked fit, and then our website is linked dash fit. But yeah, if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to to hit me up. So I'm always here to definitely help out and educate as much as we can. We do consulting as well, where we're basically just people that are trying to just take that jump from 
any type of fitness or wellness strategy and just pretty much make a journey towards it. Like we, we help out with that as well. And so the best way to go about contacting you guys would be through the website, right? Link that yeah, website, Instagram. I mean, we're responsive in every single one of them. Call us two, four, eight, seven, five, nine, eight, nine, eight, six. Email us info at link fit.com. Uh, I mean, there's super, so many things like we're responsive on Instagram and all of that too. So all over the place, which is good, which is good. Um, do you guys have a Twitter? I stand that. Do you guys have a we Twitter? We don't. We've, no. That was one of the areas that, no, we just, we've stayed away from that. I'm not a, I've never had Twitter. Not a big fan of it. Starting to make a comeback. A lot of people yeah. are starting to use Twitter again. I like my I like my Instagram. I'm not gonna lie. I like our Instagram and our Facebook. That's and our LinkedIn. Our LinkedIn, our three accounts that we have. That those are our big things. And Google. I forgot about Google. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, man. I'm telling there's you. A lot. <laughs> well, the the best place to get access, direct access, and direct links to any of their social medias, it would be link-fit.com. In case you can't find yeah. it in the search bar on Facebook or Instagram. Um, obviously, thank you. Uh, Mr. Dane Bartz, MS, PhD candidate, doing his research, loving his job, for coming in and doing the show again for the third time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Red Pro- uh, Redwood Productions. I'm Tyler. It's always an honor to talk to you. I mean, these these podcasts are towards a great dedication of just educating people on different type of topics, and you know, it was a, it was an honor to be a part of this. Well, I'm glad to have you as our first guest, and I really do hope that a lot of people kind of learned a little bit about, you know, you don't have to be brought up in the perfect lifestyle to become somebody. You don't have to, you know, I mean, like you lived in a good family and everything like that. So I'm not taking that away from, <laughs> not taking <laughs> that away from the Bart's family at all. It was a great family. Um, but it's it just rains the fact that however your your family is doesn't particularly particularly mean you go down a specific route and you know going through what you had to go through to get to where you're at now and then also learning a little bit more about linked fit and how it affects you what's on your mind when you're thinking about linked fit and what your next move is like it's a chessboard you know, all that stuff. It's actually really, it, it's really interesting to, to learn from individuals in the field and that are doing different things with their life. Absolutely. Which couldn't agree more, which is what this podcast is about. Interesting people doing interesting things in their life and what got them there and what they had to do to get there. So again, Absolutely. thank you, Dane. I really appreciate you coming on and being a part of Redwood Productions and the Redwood Podcast. Thank you. Have a good one.